Welcome to It All Starts With You podcast, where young, health-centered people come to get fired up to learn the tips, tricks, and health hacks of what it takes to level up your performance. I'm your host, Michael Sack, and each week I'll be bringing you the most incredible people to share their story and knowledge in order to help you take your health to the next level. When you learn to keep your calm under a, a challenging situation in big wave surf or in fighting, you start to you become able to use it in challenges out of the, the water, out of the mat, you know? Absolutely. Because it's all, it all starts with the breathing techniques you know, to, yeah, to know yourself, to know your pulmonar, your like lungs capacity, understand that you, your lung comes from the waist to the shoulder. And you, you learn to use all this capacity to, to breathe right, to use all, all the, the capacity you have, and to being able to, to bring oxygen to your brains Different. and your heart under a very stressful situation. Once you learn that, you understand that it's really, it's really possible to have a, a really long hold down or it's really possible to fight with a stronger, heavier opponent and keep your defenses up and your calmness to win the challenge, Absolutely. to to survive and, and to win the fight. For those that don't know who you are, firstly, I just want to welcome you. To, it all starts with you. Today on the show, we have Carlos Agama. For those that don't know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you've achieved and what you've achieved through your surfing career, through your jiu-jitsu career? Yeah, I've been practicing jiu-jitsu since I was like 13 years old. I'll be 60 this August. So it is like 47 years. I got my, my black belt in 1997, so 25 years ago. And I used to compete when I was a teenager. And Jiu-Jitsu was really underground, even in Rio. It was a really, really small crowd. And then when I was like uh, 20-something, I had the blessing. I, I competed and practiced in many academies in Rio because my family was involved with sports, with martial arts, with judo, through a private university, which had like many, many Olympic teams, like track and field, like judo, like swimming. And then I started to practice judo really, really young when I was like four years old. And then like when I was like 12, 13, I started to compete in jiu-jitsu, which was a really, really, really underground martial art in, in Brazil at that time. It was like 1975. So, And I kept practicing. I, I fell in love with the proxy. And I, since this private university didn't have like a jiu-jitsu team, my uncle took me to proxy and to compete. He, he took me to Carson Gracie Academy, which is a fairly famous team competition team and I got my blue belt from him and I competed in his for his academy like four to five years and then I had the blessing to meet Hickson Gracie we were from the same generation he's like two years older than me only and we we like to surf and we had a, a friend in common Marcelo Berry which uh, was no even in Australia. He went to Australia many times to Bali. Marcelo Berry. Uh, he connected me with Hickson, and we became friends. And I went to to the U.S. to study to go to college there to San Diego. And those things that Hickson always says, there's no coincidence in life. Everything happens for a reason. But I was living there, you know, and he started to to come to the U.S. to, you know, to teach private classes. Yeah. He went to, yeah, he went to San Diego yeah. to train, to train, uh, uh, you know, a group of Navy SEALs. 
who used to live in Coronado Island because that's one of the Navy SEALs based in the U.S. is in San Diego. So he stayed at my place for a month and he took me, I was a blue belt, he took me to for the classes that he, he, he used to teach the Navy SEALs out of a, a, a lieutenant's guard. He was like 10 guys, 10 guys uh, at a time. And it was really, really wild to, to see Hickson teaching the guys. And the guys were really disciplined, right? Guys really well-trained to not quit for any reason whatsoever. And Hickson always taught them and always at the end of the class, I think that he, he used to, to do in any seminar, any group class that he used to do for his life, he just lined up the guys and inspired with each one of them, you know. And there was always someone, you know, that really didn't believe it, you know, the technique and that jiu-jitsu was so superior, you know, and Hickson always submitted all the guys, but it was a wild, wild situation there because there are some guys that really didn't believe and they, they went for, you know, for the maximum intensity training. It was really, it was really awe, you know, something that really was beautiful to see how Hickson used to, to do that. He used to do that also with, you know, his seminars. He, I saw like seminars with like 40 people, like 12 black belts, and he sparked with each one of them, like at the end of the, the seminar, like a three hour seminar. He used to spar with each one of them and submit each one of them. And he used to say, though, I'm going to submit you guys in an arm bar the right side <laughs> and submit all the guys like 12 <laughs> exactly <black> guys. <laughs> uh, and, and he saw a thing that it is not magic so it's technique and now i have the i had the, the honor and the blessing of working with him and you know preserving his legacy through like uh, a jiu-jitsu global federation which is a platform it is a, a, a governing body that we we validate, you know, knowledge through his authority. And we've been since, you always say there's no coincidence, right? But like mm. no, November of 19, 2019, he decided to build like a studio near his house. And we started to, you know, to uh, transmit and to provide his knowledge through his this new platform called Hickson.academy. Yeah. Yeah, and we've been doing that since like June 2020. So it will be two years next June. Hmm. And it is it is amazing. It is amazing how his knowledge is, you know, it's welcome and how people really are able to understand his teachings, even through uh, online class, you know, something that he was really, really, really against it, you know, for, for a long time. He wouldn't accept, you know, the possibility of teaching a jiu-jitsu class online, you know. And now with the, the pandemic and all those paradigms that were broken, you know, he started to, to teach through Hickson Academy platform. And it's been pretty successful in the sense that people are really, really getting his teachings and his knowledge that it's not, uh, you know, directed towards like professional fighters or like athletes, high performance athletes. It's more like how to practice and how to learn jiu-jitsu in a certain way that can strengthen your, you know, resistance, your resilience, and your capacity, you know, your skills to deal with life's challenges. What do you mean? 
what do you mean by dealing with the life's challenges? See, uh, jiu-jitsu is a method of solving crises, okay? There's no bigger crisis than someone trying to kill you, you know, a stronger, uh, heavier guy trying to, you know, to, you know, to kill you and to, to hurt you. So it's, it's all about using intelligence, using technique to preserve your physical integrity. And it all starts with learning to stay calm under pressure, you know. When you, you know, you know that you will face uh, physical challenges like fighting with a guy which is like 20 kilos, 30 kilos heavier than you. Obviously, you're gonna feel tense. You're gonna be stressed, you know, by this challenge. And it's amazing how when you understand how you can keep your calmness through breathing, even in a very, very intense challenge as a physical fight, you know, you start to understand how, you know, practicing to keep your calm can be done, can be used, can be useful, you know, mm. when you face like uh, a serious illness or like a, a financial challenge, like a bankruptcy or, you know, a, a very, very, Tense negotiation, you know. When you understand that you are able to keep your calmness through breathing, you can use for any kind of stressful situation, like from a personal relationship challenge, you know, difficulty that you're facing, like, like divorce or something like that, to a serious negotiation where you have like all your assets on the line, or even when you, you know, face like uh, an accident or an aggression, all those, you know, challenges, that people facing life can be dealt with, you know, through the method, through the techniques that you learn in Jiu-Jitsu. That's the, that's what I learned, you know, when I, you know, I've learned from Hickson, the method, you know, the essence of self-defense Uh, I started to understand how I could use it to surf bigger waves, to, you know, to stay more time, like, like, uh, skin diving yeah. and fishing, you know, and like, when you, when you fish, like not not with scuba but with snorkel and you know and spares you know and you spare fishing yeah spare fishing that's it that's, yeah <laughs> you know i've i've learned that i could stay a lot longer because it's all about you know how to keep your calmness you know if you learning how to breathe yeah yeah, if you, you know, slow down your breathing, your heart rate through breathing, you can stay a lot longer spare fishing. You can, you know, uh, just support, man, like, uh, go through a, a, a really long hold down and keep your calmness and keep your, 
you know, your brain functioning in the proper way, you know, with the good oxygen, you know, making you understand that you're under control of the situation. Mm. And that you can use in any kind of challenge in life. You know. That's that's the first that's the first step of any problem solution. It's you know. knowing how to slow your breathing down, exactly. What's the what's the technique that you've learned to slow your breathing down? Because there's a lot of different practices that are out there. Oh, what's the technique that you've learned and used to this day? Oh, there's a very, it is a very, very simple technique, you know. Yeah. You just get to, uh, and, and that is proved by neuroscientists and that is professed by many, many professions, health, health professions that deal with this, you know. You just have to first, First of all, as I said before, you gotta learn to use your your lungs properly. You gotta learn, yeah. You gotta know to use your diaphragm, so you're gonna fill out all your lungs. You know, from the waist to the shoulder, the back, right? That's the first step that you gotta you gotta have it. You gotta have this knowledge. And that you attain by simple exercises, by laying down, putting your hand on the diaphragm, putting your hand on, you know, your chest, and feel like when you when you lay down, you feel on your back the air, you know, filling out your lungs that start here on the diaphragm, you know, near the waist, and then. You, you feel your cage rib opening, and then you, you feel, you know, your lungs filling out until your shoulders, you know, up to your shoulders. That's the first step. And a very, very simple exercise, a very, very simple technique, you know, to every time you face a challenge, you know, your, your metabolism, your brain, Put your put you on a fight or flight Honey. mode, right? Yeah. Fight or flight mode, right? Because you're under stress, you're being challenged, you're being, you know, face you're facing a problem, you're facing a crisis. You know, our you know our reflexes and our body, our metabolism takes us to the fight or flight mode. You know. You're being stressed, you stress, you know, the, the bloods go to your limbs and go out of your, you know, your like organs, internal organs, because, you know, you're in a fight or flight mode. But once you feel that, you know, if you breathe really slowly, but, you know, feeling all your capacity, all your lungs, feeling all your lungs, and then, you know, ex expelling the, the, the air like you're going through like, uh, how do you call this? Like a small straw or a tube? Yeah, a straw, exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> like you're like, yeah, like you're like, you know, just exhaling the air through a straw, you know? And, you know, like timing the, the, you know, timing the time you take to fill all your lungs and then exhaling, exhaling in a very thin, yeah. in a, in a, you know, in a period of time, a lot longer than you take to inhale. That sends a message to your brain that, get you back to the rest and digest mode. Hmm. This is a very, very simple uh, exercise that I, I heard like uh, one uh, podcast that I love that is 
is heard through like KCRW, which is a, a radio in Santa Monica. And there was this professional dancer. She was like a, a, a dance professional in New York, and she used to dance to like thousand people in the theater. And she understood that, you know, the stress, the anxiety that she felt before the performance was really taking a toll on her performance. And she started to, to study breathing techniques so he would, she would be able to deal with the anxiety well, better. And now she has like an NGO that she teaches for like college, college guys, college uh, students, you know, how, how, to, how to use breathing techniques to deal with anxiety. And that exercise, you know, is the same that Hickson teaches, you know, that you inhale, but you gotta inhale and know how to use a diaphragm to fill all your lungs, you know, from the waist to the shoulder, the back. And then exhale very, very slowly, you know. If you do like this three, four, five times, you're gonna feel that your heart rate went down and then your stress, you know, just disappear, you know, because you, you're sending a message to your brain that you gotta, you know, you gotta be in the rest and digest mode that, you know, that the breathing takes you back to a so. That's a very, very, very simple and effective technique. Uh, when you're training, when you're sparring, when you're battling, you know, to, you know, to get out of the way of a big wave set, something like this, you gotta focus on your exhaling, you know, because uh, we have like the reflex when we feel threatened, you know, to feel tense and start breathing through your chest. Yeah, exactly. Breathe really shortly, really short with short movements. And other thing that Hickson taught me and he uses and he teaches his students, which is really effective, is to focus on your exhaling, you know. <sighs> Because uh, I saw a lot with, with my students, you know, that when we start to spar, they like they freeze. They, they start to breathe in, in a very, very short movements. And that makes the carbon dioxide in their bloodstream, you know, to build up. When you being counterintuitive and you start to focus because by reflex, you know, when a guy feels threatened and when he's fighting, he's trying to suck up the air, you know? It's the reflex. It's like something that people do it normally. But when you understand that the right way to deal with this situation when you are sparring, when you're battling, when you're running, is that expel expel the carbon dioxide, then, you know, the air will come in normally, naturally, you know, and you're going to have space on your bloodstream to the oxygen to circulate, you know, so there's this, there's the second one is when you just want to slow down and get calmer, you just need to exhale in a long time, very thin, long time, longer time that you used to inhale. But when you're really, you know, fighting or you're, you're battling for like a big set or something like that, you gotta use, you know, your lungs to 
to exhale and to expel the carbon dioxide and you know take up the air naturally normally and that air will have like the oxygen and that oxygen will be rightly absorbed by your bloodstream so those are two really really simple extremely effective techniques you know to do once to get your like heart rate lower you know to get calmer to you know to take yourself from the fight and flight mode to the rest and digest mode is that you know by using all your lung capacity and then slowly breathing out mm. in, the, in a longer longer period of time exhaling then you know you gotta use all your lung capacity for all your lung and then you know, exhale really slowly in a very thin, like a, like you you blow into a straw. You know, yeah. That's the first one, and the the second one is just to use your you know your diaphragm to expel the air. Once you do that, you know the air comes into your lungs normally. You know very very easily because you use your diaphragm to to expel the carbon dioxide building up you know when you're really really intense workout so those are two really really simple techniques and extremely effective you know that really changes lives I, i've seen many 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 jiu-jitsu practitioners that hey man that you start to spar them to see they you know they block they they freeze and they just breathe like very short breaths on the chest you know yeah. and you show them that they have to concentrate they have to focus on expelling the air instead of inhaling you know and that's really counterintuitive. It's not something that you learn, you know, yeah. just out of nothing. You gotta understand how it works. And once you understand, and once you practice, you change your life. Change as an athlete, as a fighter, as a surfer, as a diver. In life, uh, it's really, it's really effective. You know, breathing techniques. Have you heard about Hickson's book, The Breathe? Yeah, well, that's what um, I, I read it and it was, it was absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, um, you, you, lived, you lived through it, so you have a very unique uh, perspective. But I read it and I was, I was aware of his of his breath work, but only did I start implementing it properly into, into jiu-jitsu, into my own life. And I felt a world of difference. It's, That's right. it's fantastic, really. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's life-changing, totally. Yeah, life is transforming, life transforming, totally, you know. Hickson, it's, uh, you know, he's fighting his professional fights. He used to like warm up, you know, in the locker room and go take his heart rate like to 120, something like that, in his warm up. And like half an hour before the fight, he used his breathing techniques to take his heart rate down like to 60, you know. So when he stepped onto the ring, he was like, his heart rate like 70. And the guy, his opponent usually would have like 100. And when they engage, you know, 
when the guy was like 130, 140, he was still like 110, something like that. Mm -hmm. So he used the techniques, you know, that knowledge about drifting, you know, to have the performance that he had. His fights look kind of easy, you know, because mm -hmm. he's so calm and he's so effective all his moves, you know, all his progressing to a better control position. And it's every everything based on his graphing techniques, you know, the way he's able to perform, he was able to perform in his fights, it's totally, totally linked to his knowledge and his use of graphing techniques. It's quite, it's uh, honestly, yeah, go on, sorry. Uh, in, in terms of like nutrition, you know, I also had the, had the, you know, the blessing of being in contact with the Gracie family with like the patriarch, like Carlos. And I was a friend, Marcelo Betting, who, Connect me with Hickson. He was married to Kila Gracie, which is Carlos Gracie's youngest daughter. Mm -hmm. And we were really, really close friends. And I had like an hepatitis when I was like 20 years old. Yeah. And she, you know, she brought me like the teas that Professor Carlos used to make, like many, many herbs and, and different plants. And I start to use, and I start to learn, you know, their way of, of like, of nutrition, the, the way of eating, which is, it's really common sense, you know, it doesn't have any, they have like a combination that is supposed to keep your blood, like pH blood, like, in, in, in optimal, you know, index, but it's basically not eating anything industrialized, you know, anything like sodas or, you know, ice creams or candies, anything like this, and eating a lot, a lot of vegetables, you know, they have this, you know, this, uh, uh, believe that you should not uh, mix like what they call salt meals, which are like proteins and like plant salads and you know, all the plants. And in a different meal, like four hours, uh, taking like four hours of interval between meals, you should eat like fruits and cheese and bread, you know, and a very, very, very healthy, you know, just like natural foods, like, you know, plant-based and they didn't have anything against like animal protein, but they used to, uh, all the, the Gracie family, Professor Carlos, Professor Elio, they, they probably, you know, eat lot, much more vegetables than animal proteins. So mm. it's a very, very, you know, common sense, a gracie diet that they call. The only, you know, characteristic, uh, different characteristics, not mixing like uh, sweet meals, like which would be out of the fruits, you know, they eat a lot of fruits. And the salt meals, which are like the plants and uh, the proteins, you know, the proteins that doesn't, uh, the, the plants that are not fruits, that don't have sugar, you know, like leaves and, and roots and all this plant-based good foods. That was uh, uh, another thing that I think that really, really, was uh, very beneficial to my health, you know. Yeah. That really, those are the two things that really kept me 
surfing and training. I like, you know, I like to train with the, the boys, like 20s, 30s, 40s. And what really allows me to, to train with those guys are the defense techniques that, you know, are the warm up, are the, you know, the, the most important knowledge and technique that you, you gotta learn in Jiu Jitsu and the breathing techniques. So you gotta, you learn how to rest, you know, while you're fighting through like the leverages, through like the, the weight distribution, through like the, the knowledge of three different principles, which is like base, connection and weight distribution. Uh, once you understand those principles and once you learn to align them properly, you know, the right pace, the right connection with the right weight distribution, you attain, you achieve the leverage, you know, you gain leverage and you don't have to use your muscles, you know, you don't have to use your grip. You know, so you don't get tired. You can't fight for you know for hours. Once you got you know the right understanding of leverage or how to attain leverage through those principles, you know, and that's a very very particular, very very characteristic trait of Hickson's Jiu-Jitsu, the Hickson the way of Hickson understands the, the way of Hickson teaches and the way people should learn and practice Jiu-Jitsu. Not only through the, 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 the manual techniques like the, the guide, you know, one, two, three. You got to learn those steps. You got to learn, pro, you know, the common movements of the jiu-jitsu techniques but once you start to understand what what is like a right base how do how do you feel if you are in base or not even when you have your butt on the ground or you know laying on your back there's a right way to to you know to have a base even when you have your back on the ground and that's the wrong way, you know. When you're standing up, it's obvious, you know, it's like judo, and you understand that base is, is paramount. But, you know, uh, the, the beauty of the jiu-jitsu created by Ilya Gracie, by Hickson, you know, perfected by Hickson, is that even when you're laying down on your back, you know, you got you got the right way to you know, to being strong and being able to defend yourself, you know, even when you have your back on the ground. So it's, it's really, really, really uh, amazing. And it, it's amazing and it's genius on it is simplicity because it is not like uh, complex at all. You know, that's the beauty of it. That's really the beauty of it, because <clears throat> when Hickson show you, shows you, you know, those principles, and you start to to use it, you start to search for these feelings, you know. Am I in base here? My connection with my opponent, you know, is favoring me or? I'm awkward here, you know. Okay. I, I have the, the the right connection. I have the right my my weight is well distributed in a way that I can push and pull. Because if you you know if you don't distribute your weight in the right way, you won't be you won't have leverage, you know, to pull or to push or to. And I'm not talking about muscles. I'm talking about the whole body, you know. Yeah. And that's the beauty of uh, Hickson's Jiu-Jitsu, which is really special. I want to I take a step back to 
and nutrition, not necessarily using um, animal animal proteins. So, but I'm curious to know: Have you there's since since then our nutrition knowledge has has evolved, and we've seen the pros, obviously, from using a plant-based proteins and animal uh, animal proteins have you have you started a implementing both or are you more towards plant-based so what are your thoughts on on people are using animal animal proteins yes i i, I for long for a long time i believed you know the the knowledge that i that i had that it was important to have like animal protein, like sources of protein. Like I, for a long time, I'm not eating like red meat. You know, I I I like if you invite me to a barbecue, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna feast on it. You know, mm. there's nothing nothing radical. You know, there's nothing that I don't eat. You know, but if I can choose, I will choose a fish. You know, mm. instead of uh, a chicken or instead of like red meat, you know, any kind of red meat, I would choose a fish. And I've been reading, I've been reading and I've been watching some docs, some documentaries, you know, that really has been proving. I, I, I heard, I, I, I watched like a documentary I think it was on Netflix about like plant-based, like high-performance athletes, you know, yeah. guys who, yeah, high, guys who lift weight on the Olympics and, and all, and they, they're like, they're monsters and they just eat like plant-based. So, and, and now I have the understanding that you can have a plant-based diet which is totally healthy and you're going to give all the protein you need, you know? So it's all a, a matter of how do you feel, you know, how, how really, you know, well you feel by adopting these habits, you know, but I really, I really believe that, you know, a plant-based diet, when you, you know, you're knowledgeable, when you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of food you can get your proteins, you know, from, I think it's, it's, it's a very, very, very healthy. And I, I'm, you know, my habits, uh, more and more I, I do like meals without like animal protein, you know. I use like beans, I use like, uh, all other like grains that has proteins, you know. Um, I, think all. It's, uh, I, I, I think really well because I, I have a very, very active life, you know, like I train jujitsu three times a week. I surf almost every day. And if I don't surf, I paddle, like stand up paddle, like I take like go to, to pedal like five to six kilometers you know to start the day just go to visit the little islands off of the beach here in front of where i live you know and i get the, the stand-up pedal board and, and i don't really feel the necessity of eating animal proteins you know I eat a little, I eat fish. I like like Japanese cuisine a lot, like raw fish. But that's it, you know, that's it. If you if you research and if you get a good knowledge on, you know, the kinds of protein that you can get out of the plant-based nutrition, I think it's a great, great decision you're gonna make. That's my personal opinion you know? and i feel that i i can get all the energy and all the 
muscles I can get from like a plant-based diet, you know, yeah. more and more, I, I, I'm directing my habits to this, the plant-based you know, diet. Not a hundred percent, but getting there. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's a matter of practice and refining it and getting it better and improving and it's all always it's always evolving it's not okay i'm a mat like i'm perfect at it there's no such thing as perfection anyways sure yeah it's always it's always evolving mate i i've thoroughly enjoyed this and i really and i really appreciate your time um i ask my guests that's the one question before we wrap things up. So if you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give him 10 seconds of advice, what would it be? Oh. Understand that all comes, everything comes out of your thoughts, you know. Hmm. You got to you know, you gotta understand that positivity, you know, meditation, you know, uh, conscious thinking, uh, that you can totally, you know, practice and train how to think positively, you know. Understand that everything in life start on your brains on your thoughts on what you think so all the anxiety anxiety that i felt you know in my my you know youth would be a lot less you know because you really you know are the master of your thoughts and everything in life the way you deal with challenges the way you deal with your personal relationships the way you deal with your professional relationships always come out of how you are you know consciously thinking you know that you can you know face this challenge you can you solve this problem you can put yourself on the other person's shoes you know the way you really think you know is the key to you know having a better life it is simple and it is really simple you know but we know that every human being have like a autopilot, you know, mm. in your brain that it brings like a lot of thoughts about our past that bring us guilt, bring, bring us anxiety, and the same thing about the future. And when you learn to bring your thinking and feeling to the present, and to understand that by consciously, you know, understanding your thoughts and your way of thinking, your mind models, you know, you can really change your life for the better, you know, very, very profoundly. So that's what I would tell me to my 18 years old, <laughs> Carlos, you know, say, hey, man, meditate, you know, Understand that most of the problems are on your mind. They're on not, you know, yeah, they're not on the real life, you know. They are being created by your, you know, your fears, your, you know, mindsets. And you can really work on that, you know, to have a better life. That's it. Beautiful. Is there... Are there any books in the pipeline that you think you'll write one in the near future? 
could you repeat the question? I didn't understand very well. Are there any books that you're thinking oh. of writing in the near future? Oh, <laughs> writing or reading? Writing. <laughs> reading is the easy. Reading is the easy part, and implementing it is cooler. But writing, I've heard, is a different animal altogether. Yeah, I had a very, very interesting life. I'll be sixty, as I told you, right? And I, you know, I witnessed a lot of things in my life, and specifically in my family, you know, my grandfather, he founded the biggest private university in Brazil in, you know, in the 30s. And he built like uh, this university, which became the most prestigious, and a lot of Olympic champions. And, and through the generations, you know, the second generation, there was a lot of uh, facts, a lot of happenings that, you know, uh, really changed this track, you know, and it really took a toll and that university was like closed. So there is like a, a trajectory of like building something enormous and very, very, very difficult and how things can get lost on the way, you know, can get, you know, being like totally disintegrated by wrong decisions and, and not very, very, you know, intelligent ways of coping with challenges. So I think that experience is something that I really want to, to leave for the next generations, you know, how, how this relate, right? How the challenges of life can be dealt with in your beginning in your mind and how this exercise of understanding that everything starts there in your brain, you know, in your thoughts can be a resource to, to deal with life's challenges. Absolutely. Carlos, mate, I really appreciate your time and thank you for jumping onto the show. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time too. I'm honored to have this talk with you and say my hello to Lauro when you met him. Eventually, okay. eventually I will. Bye everybody. It was really nice to talk to you, Michael. It was great. Really nice oh. to meet you. you Take it easy. Bye everybody. appreciate you listening to the episode if you had a light bulb moment or that aha moment it goes such a long way if you could take 20 seconds and leave a five star written review screenshot the episode and share it to your stories and make sure you tag me for that shout out